Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact both the missionary and the churches that partner with them. My name's Tony Balava. And I am Stephen Maldoff. It's good to be with you. Tony, I think we have ourselves a good topic to, to discuss today. Uh, we are going to tackle the issue at probably the heart of missions. Mm-hmm. I think this is, I know this is one of the central things of our missionary uh, agency, and right. it is, is for most missionaries, and that is the topic of church planting. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, creating churches, starting churches, and then actually transitioning off to then maybe start other churches. Correct. And yeah. uh, I know that you and I have had a lot of fun kind of preparing for this conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important for churches and folks out there the, to, to just understand what the heart of missions is, kind of the challenge that it is to turn over t- to a new work, but uh, all the things that c- kind of go into it. So um, I would just say in the beginning that there are different methods that are used mm. by missionaries when in kind of going from one church to start another church. So let's go through that, just to kind of give an overview for for the folks that are out there. Sure. Yeah, you know, there are obviously different methods that people use. Uh, we did have a lot of fun going through these and talking about these, and it's interesting to always hear how people have different perspectives on on which method and, and uh, how they tie in biblically and all. Obviously, I think the one that many people are familiar with that is, is one that— a lot of our missionaries with BIMI use. It's the one I used. It, it's not the only method for sure, but it's the, it's the method where the missionary goes in with the idea of he's going to be the one who starts the church. He's going to be the one who kind of pastors that church for a period of time, but always with the mindset and goal, I am looking for that person who's going to take over this work, and then I'll go off and, and do that again. And so that's the guy who goes in, starts a church, stays for a while, tries to get it established, uh, uh, helps to train and establish a national pastor in most cases, turns that church over, goes off, and does it again. And then um, then the second method is one that uh, has a number of different names out there. I think probably uh, most people are familiar with the term mother church, and I want to be really careful with that term even, Mm -hmm. um, and the connotations that it has. I know that you uh, spoke about the hub and spoke model, but basically this this model is the idea that I'm going in, and I'm going to start this church as the missionary, and from this church, we will train and send out other church planters and see this church reproduce itself. And, and at this point, it's probably important to say the first guy wants the church to reproduce itself as well. They just go about it in a different way. Right, exactly. And, and then the third one is, I think, maybe a little bit newer in, in, in how many people are doing it and, and the approach. And that is uh, what people would call the mentoring model, where a missionary goes to the field and really is almost— before the church plant, seeking out somebody who can be and will be the pastor of the church that's planted and really installs that person as pastor from the beginning and comes alongside and mentors them through the ministry and teaches them and trains them 
along the way, but really never takes that pastoral position themselves. They've always had the the national uh, be that person from day one. So those are the three. There's obviously there's more, uh, but those are three that uh, we might have some time to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I know for like you've mentioned it and myself, you know, I was in Australia, as we've talked about before, and I guess I would say that the model I used out there was kind of the first model that you talked about was Mm -hmm. I started the church. I mean, I went to an area out in rural Australia, started the church from scratch, pastored it in a sense for 11 years, then turned it over to a national Australian man -hmm. who became the pastor of the church, and and he uh, then led the church. And so that's what I think you did in Quebec, correct? correct? That That was the goal in Quebec. Um, when we went to Arizona, it was a very different approach. Uh, you know, there we we went with the idea, and we, we informed our supporting churches of this, too, by the way. We're going to Arizona to start a church that we intend to really uh, pastor and be at until the Lord tells us to do something else. So it wasn't with the goal of starting a church and turning it over. It was starting the church pastor that church long term, but always open and willing to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. And obviously, he led us to do something else after 14 years. Uh, But um, we let our supporting churches know, hey, this is the goal, and we're asking you to give us four years to get established in that, and then come back and reevaluate, reevaluate us and see if if we're in need of that support any longer. So, but it was... The first method is still the the method that we had in mind as uh, church planters outside the country, for sure. Well, I would say definitely that for our mission agency, probably all three of the methods that you mentioned are kind of in practice mm-hmm. by our folks out there right. all around the world. We yeah. definitely have the all three models being used. So I don't think we can come out and say one is right and one is wrong. I think— right. They're no, all correct. different situations for different people and different personalities. And, you mm-hmm. know, what what fits one area of the world may not fit another area. What fits one situation based on that missionary may not fit someone else. But I think we can cover some of the kind of positives mm-hmm. and or sort of concerns. I don't even want to say negatives, but uh, concerns that happen with some of these different models, you know, just as people consider them. Sure. Which one do they th- kind of let them think about? The, which one— may kind of not appeal to them, but which one kind of they say, oh, I think that I have an appetite for that. And mm-hmm. and that that's the, the method I want to kind of contemplate a bit more on. Well, I, I think that we could agree that all three of these have uh, biblical support. Yes. Um, and so really, in the end, as we talk about these, I believe, and I, I think you agree, that it's important that the missionary has settled in his mind uh, which uh, which model am I going to use when I get to the field because that is going to impact how they minister from day one and and how they prepare the church if they are going to be the one who's going to leave they need to prepare the church for that as opposed to no I'm looking to stay and they inform the church of that and I think ultimately it, it could be and I think the Holy Spirit of God, uh, works with our personalities, so it doesn't come down to our personalities and what one do I like best. I think it comes down to what does God want me to do and what model does he want me to follow as I'm led by the Spirit in this ministry, and, and really all our ministry should be like that. 
Um, and we both, I think, know of examples where all three have worked mm-hmm. and all three haven't worked so well. <laughs> so. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. I would say this, I think the underlying foundation of all of what we're going to talk about is that it is important to start churches. Absolutely. I think that's we see that as the, the New Testament plan for reaching the world is evangelism, but evangelism through the outlets of local churches. Mm-hmm. And so starting churches is critically important. Right. But I think also we want to say that it's critically important to create healthy churches. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have someone go out and start 50 churches, but if they're not healthy churches and they all fade away very quickly, well, mm-hmm. what really was accomplished? So, right. all right, with that, let's kind of dive into some of the pros and cons about some of these models. Let's take that first one. I guess kind of the one that most people just kind of uh, gravitate towards. I think the most familiar is missionary mm-hmm. goes into a country, starts a church. You know, after many years, whenever he finds himself uh, someone who can take over, that national person takes over the church. Missionary packs up, moves, maybe starts another church somewhere. Right. What are some of the kind of pros as well as some of the negatives that yeah. kind of go with that? Or well. You know, I think, I think in the in the sense of some of the pros, um, one of the things for sure is that as the missionary does that time and again, and uh, this isn't maybe the best pro for the first church, <laughs> uh, but as they do it time and again, hopefully we're all learning from our mistakes. Yeah, and uh-huh. I know that you know we had the opportunity to do this two different times, and I know that. There were things that we did in Quebec that were not repeated in Arizona mm-hmm. on purpose. Um, you know, so unfortunately, I had to work through those things in Quebec. And and sometimes those impact other people, and sometimes it impacts the church, and sometimes it just impacts the missionary himself. But each time they do it, they learn a little bit more, and I believe they can become more effective. Now, ultimately, we understand God gives the increase, but but we can be more effective in what we're doing as well. And so I think that's one of the pros. One of the cons is it's exceptionally fatiguing. It, it takes a tremendous amount of energy and effort to go out and start from scratch and to uh, put the effort in to start brand new and to do that time and time and time again. It Even though you know more, it doesn't become any easier. Yeah. And so... Uh, you know, I do think that maybe it could, in a in a physical sense, in a real in a real way, fatigue the missionary sooner than some of the other models. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. If I had to do it again, I believe that that would be the way that we would do it again. We would start from scratch and look to turn mm-hmm. it over again. Uh, but it's a reality that it's just going to be a fatiguing process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fatiguing emotionally, spiritually. Uh, and mm-hmm. everything uh, that's there, but there's also great joy in it. I, you know, yeah. I I know I could probably express, and there'd be many out there, many other missionaries out there who would probably agree with this. That you know, there's a it's a lot easier to start a church than it is to maintain a church <laughs> in a lot of ways. Now it's hard to start a church, there's no doubt, but to get that crowd, but um, it so it is very fatiguing to do that. Uh, I think one of the one of the kind of maybe issues that have to be a real concern about that is, you know, whenever a transition from somebody Mm. comes. You know, this is one of the things that somebody who does the kind of 
the the mother church as you described right. it earlier you know the the missionary who stays at a certain church for a right. long time and then is sending out people and you know kind of more churches are getting sent out from that one of the advantages of that model is that he is there for a long time so that church isn't going through transitions from one leader to another right. leader to mm-hmm. another leader over a period of time you know any time there is a transition of leadership and particularly when you're transitioning out of the guy who started that church and who's right. kind of kind of crafted the church to his personality to yeah. his style yep. the church adopts that and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you have someone who comes in well trained you know by mm-hmm. maybe by that missionary that national guy takes over well he's going to be different he should be different Absolutely. you know in style yeah. and personality and, and everything exactly and he's going to be a national guy so there's going to be even more cultural flavor of that country mm-hmm. Um, but it is sometimes hard for a church because they're going to go through a transition then of nobody leadership. likes change. No, <laughs> so when you have kind of the that model of okay, I'm going to then be sending out rather than the missionary leaving, he's then taking that guy who, in a sense, could have taken his job. Right. He's sending them out and com- they're commissioning him to go start a church in that other village rather than the missionary doing it. Mm-hmm. That guy then is going doing that, and the church sure. doesn't go through the shock of a transition. Sure, yeah, it it helps with the stability of that one particular church, and uh, there, I think there's no doubt about that. I do think though that there are some things that we could consider that you know at least should be points that somebody considering using this model should consider up front. And one of those is, let me go back to where I said, you know, when we raised our support, to, or, or actually we didn't raise support to go to Arizona, we already had our support, and went back to our supporting churches and asked them uh, for four more years to get the church established in Arizona. And, and we were really clear with them what we wanted to do and how we were going and planned to stay there and pastor that church. I do think that um, that a missionary who plans to enter into this model, and, and I understand that missionaries sometimes on the field didn't plan to enter that model mm-hmm. and become part of that model, uh, but I do think somebody who plans to enter into a model like this and use this type of model ought to let churches know that so that... Um, that because when we're planting churches, we want to plant autonomous churches. Right. And what, one of the things that makes a church autonomous is they're no longer receiving support from outside of that local church. And I think somebody who uses that model and plans to use that model ought to also in the back of their mind. Now, it could be 20 years. It could be 10 years. We asked for four. could be four years. Uh, but they ought to have a plan at what point do I stop the missionary support and the the mother church, for lack of a better term, now becomes autonomous in the sense that it is supporting me as the pastor because that's my role. Mm-hmm. And so I think that missionaries really, for integrity purposes, one of them should uh, should let churches know this is the this is the model we're going to use, and we don't know how long it's going to take. But we'll give you regular updates, and we'll let you know when this church is autonomous as we're still planting churches out of that church we've, yep. we've gone to work at. You know, I was just thinking one of the unique things that does happen is you can have someone, you know, in country A working for 15 years, hoping to find that guy who could take over his church mm. to do the first kind of model of ministry that we talked about. Right. But he never finds it, so he's still hoping one day, Lord, I want to move on to the next, you know, start church plant. 
And then you have guy in country B who goes in saying, I'm going to be here for 15 years. I'm not leaving. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to send out guys. And, um, you know, the guy that's in model A, country A, you know, people want to support him because it's like, okay, he's going to need support when he goes to start right. all over right. again. It just mm-hmm. takes a long time to get there, which happens in a lot mm-hmm. of countries. And then the guy in country B who's like, all right, I'm staying yeah. here. I'm planning to stay here, but we're hopefully going to send forth lots of right. guys. Um, you know, some churches made like you, as you mentioned, look at that even differently. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have two guys, same situation, different heart, different intent, um, and then thusly, though, as a result, kind of churches look at them differently. Yeah, I think I think that they do, and rightfully so. I, I do think when we say different heart, different intent, they do have one heart and one intent in this. They want to establish a church yes. and they want to see churches reproduce churches. Absolutely. It's, it's yes. just how they're how they're going about that process. Um, but but one of the things that well, at BIMI we're really very uh, big on, if I can say it that way, is we want to see a church become autonomous. Absolutely. And um, if you're not careful with that, you know, if, if when I went to Arizona and I didn't have a four-year plan or never said anything to anybody. There's this great danger of creating a welfare church. And what I mean by that is the church in Arizona was able to support us and it was autonomous and it did become autonomous very actually early on in the uh, in the life of the church and we were able to say to supporters, "Hey, you know, we're we're doing pretty well here and we're kind of on track and so on and so forth." Uh but um but sometimes we can look and we can say, I can channel that money to this place or to this ministry, or I can help out this new church plant we're using. That is perfectly fine so long as the missionary is telling the supporters, that's what I'm doing with your money now. Mm-hmm. And they, they're informed of that. And, you know, I think most pastors would say, yeah, maybe that's what we want to do as well. I I don't know. Um but I, I just think it's really important that we inform our supporters what we're doing with the funds we're receiving. Well, accountability of, of monies is so critically important, and that's at the heartbeat of, of it all. You know, when it comes to that third model where a missionary works with a national as they start a church, so maybe there's been a national guy who's went to a Bible seminary somewhere. He's been trained up now. Okay, he's young. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got zeal, enthusiasm, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not much experience. And so the missionary comes alongside and is going to, uh, for lack of a better way, prop him up. And I say that in a proper way, not in a sure, negative way. Right. You know, So he's going to kind of be that voice of wisdom and experience and kind of help this guy along. We have a lot of guys in, in BMI that do that as well. And so you, know, you have then, in a sense, the national pastor mm-hmm. being put in from day one. Yeah. And then that missionary, when he sees that that guy is kind of in a decent spot, you know, ready to kind of fly fly solo, <laughs> then that, you know, missionary then goes to the next guy, finds someone else, another new guy to take over and help mentor and train and right. so on and so forth, mm-hmm. and the national pastor's there in, in the key role. Mm-hmm. I think at the heart of that, obviously, as well as all, is that we want to see national pastors. Right. I mean, and- no missionary, I think, should have the intent of just creating American or North American churches on yeah, the foreign right. field, mm-hmm. it will always thrive better when you have a national man leading yes. that national church. Mm-hmm. I don't care where in the world you go, it will always be better operated, better led, better followed by mm-hmm. the people if you have a national guy in there. 
So there is that intent of kind of working alongside and kind of in a secondary role, mm-hmm. um, in a sense, where the missionary is doing that. I, there's some there's some kind of great successes that come from that as well. And then the the church doesn't go through the transition because they that guy's always been the pastor. It's just the missionary sure. who then leaves, and and the church right. is sort of, in a sense, left unaffected in right. a good way um, yeah. by the missionary going on. Yeah, I think so. I think it does give that national pastor a certain amount of credibility from day one. Mm-hmm. That is very important. I do think, though, if we're just, again, for discussion's sake, the thing that you have to be super careful about with this now is, as a missionary, I have now got this guy who is the national and is the pastor of this local church, and we believe strongly uh, in pastoral authority. And so, in one sense, he's going to be the guy who gets to ultimately call the shots, and how the ministry is going to run, so on and so forth. And that's something we want, but but as we're mentoring somebody, uh, it's going to be super important that that individual who is that national pastor remains teachable. Absolutely. And yep. remains somebody who can take instruction and take constructive criticism and take advice and weigh it out. And, you know, I think even... Um, as you and I were talking about this and, and lots of hours of prep on this one, just as we're speaking now, this didn't come to mind in show prep, but uh, so I think one of the examples um, maybe is uh, James, who was pastoring the church at Jerusalem, and um, the council comes together in Acts chapter uh, 15, I think it is, and you know he is a, he's a guy that um, is clearly the pastor of the church. He... Uh, has this council on how they're going to handle and deal with Gentile believers, and a number of men stand up and give their advice, give their thought, and then James kind of gets up and says, now here's what I decree. And there's where we see that 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 pastoral authority come into play, but also we see that he was a man who could take advice, take counsel, weigh it out, and uh, he didn't just disregard what others had to say. And so I think that's that's important in that aspect. And the danger of this third model is if you don't have a long-term relationship with this person that you come in to mentor, you don't know if he's going to remain teachable and, and is going to be able to be somebody who takes that advice. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I'm saying that you should be very careful about the relationship that you build and and do your homework and find out what's going on. Obviously, you do that with all the all, yeah. with all the models. In the end, though, I think that uh, uh, no matter what model you use, the goal is this: plant a church, get that church to reproduce churches, and keep on doing it. Exactly right. But I want to say this though: in some countries, you have no choice but to stick a national guy in place. I think of India. Okay. That missionary mm-hmm. can get kicked out of that country. Sure. Yeah, on a day's notice, they walk mm-hmm. in and say, you're out of here. We've seen that in China as mm-hmm. well. The uh, Kind of the North American citizen is kicked out. If he doesn't have someone who kind of uh, leadership there in place of the national leadership, then that church is scrambling. And so I, I know in a lot of places it succeeds you know, kind of well when you have a national uh, person as kind of the pastor role the missionary coming alongside. So if that missionary gets booted, that church is still able to kind of go on and, and mm-hmm. things don't collapse. And that's right. that's obviously all of this mm-hmm. is we want long-lasting 
churches that are going to be healthy, making a difference for the yeah. cause of Christ in wherever they're located. Yeah. Yeah. That's the underlining thing. And different methods, you know, kind of different strokes for different folks <laughs> and different areas and all that. But uh, thankfully, there are a lot of different ways that it can be done. Church planning is not cookie cutter. It's not one right. model fits right. all. Praise the Lord, we do see a lot of different opportunities for people out there. So if you're interested in, in at all in church planning around the world, well, that's kind of the heartbeat of BIMI. Mm-hmm. We would love to help you here at Baptist International Missions. You can reach out to me, uh, Stephen Maldoff, at the email address of seadirector at bimi.org, or you can reach uh, Tony at Far North Director at BIMI.org. Right. Or go to any, uh, go to our website, uh, social media, all those things will be there. You can find them on the show notes. Uh, we, we're there on uh, Facebook, Twitter, everything. You can find us wherever you want to look for us there. So I uh, hope you enjoyed just kind of this discussion. Hope it got your, your brains uh, contemplating about some of the yeah. pros, cons yeah. of different things out there in the world on how missionaries do. I'm sure these people out there who they go to church that has missions. They, they've seen all three right. uh, practiced yeah. by the missionaries that their churches support. Yeah. In the end, just let's get more churches started and uh, let's make sure they're healthy churches and we're moving forward and getting the gospel to as many people as possible. Hope you had a great week and we look forward to meet with you next time here on Conversations on the Commission. mission